Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Wow, what a great day. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. There's nothing greater than being a mom. I'm glad that God chose women to have babies. <laughs> because, because if it would have been men, we'd only have 100,000 people on the planet. But he chose women to have babies, and I'm so thankful. How many in here are moms? Why don't you guys, why don't you guys stand up? All the moms, all the moms, we really honor you guys. <clears throat> God bless you, and those that want to be moms, sing until your motherhood. I love that. Sing until your first, first, you know, the little thing, you know, first comes, first comes love, second comes marriage, then here comes you with the baby carriage. So find that love of your life and get married and have lots of babies. Kayla, may you have many more amazing little RJs. I mean, you see the cutest thing ever? Oh my gosh. And if he's missing, I didn't take him. <laughs> so I love speaking to women. Speaking to women is like my passion. I'll speak to you men too. You guys, this is for you too. It's not just for, for women, but probably relates more to women than it does men because I'm a girl, I'm not a boy, so I don't know what men go through. But, but I don't want to encourage you. God's been really dealing with me on this thing of encouragement. Encouragement is great, but I want to empower you. See, when I encourage you, when somebody encourages you, it's, it's, they come alongside of you and they give you at a boy or an at a girl, right? But somebody comes to empower you, it puts the responsibility on you to actually change. So would you rather me encourage you or empower you? <laughs> Some are like, encourage. No. And when I empower you, when somebody empowers you, it requires an action on your part. So I can encourage you and I can say, hey, way to go. Or I can empower you and say, you can do it. Right, Noah? I know a guy. You guys didn't catch my joke. I know I've been living with my husband for 33 years. His humor rubs off on me. I always say I'm the, I'm the funny one in the family. My boys agree with that, right? Where are my boys? I, I, told, I told Bobby this morning, I forgot to tell Brandon, I'm like, hey, Bobby, it's Mother's Day. He's like, oh, yeah, it is. I'm like, I still haven't heard Happy Mother's Day yet, but I'm sure they'll remember. If not, maybe they'll catch me next year. <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyways, why don't you guys turn? So I'm here to empower you this morning. I'm not here to encourage you. Women, I want to empower you. All right? God has, God has designed women to be these amazing creatures. And men are like, yeah, they're creatures, all right. <laughs> but there's something that women have that men don't have. That's the beauty and the difference of having men and women. And I'm so grateful that God designed women to be unique. And the Bible says that women are a helpmate to men. In fact, when God created, when God created the world, he said, it is good. 
Read Genesis. It says, it is good. When God created man, he said, it is not good. <laughs> he did. He said, he said, it is not good that man is alone, so I'm going to create for him a helpmate. It's not, for, not a dominating, listen, ladies, not to dominate or control, but to help. We are our husband's biggest cheerleaders. And I love the fact that God took a woman out of the rib, which the rib protects the heart. Our job as women is to protect the heart of our men, to honor them, to respect them, to lift them up, to call them up higher. Right, women? Everybody, every woman just shake your head. You're like, what? Are you kidding me? They leave their socks on the floor. They never pick up their pants. And then, anyways, all right. Why don't you guys turn to, to Matthew 6. Turn to Matthew 6. And I'm going to start reading in verse 25. It says, I'm speaking to women here this morning. And I know you guys never do this, so I know it's not for you. But I'm just going to read it anyways because it applies to me. So this, this is Jesus talking because it's in red. If you have a Bible, get it in red so then you know when Jesus is talking. So Jesus is saying this. He says, this is why I tell you not to worry. Not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food in your body, more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns because your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can it? Just waiting till they answer the phone. I'm kidding. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothes? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes. Wouldn't that be funny to see flowers making their clothes? They're, yeah, that'd be really weird to see. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was dressed be as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully, wonderfully for the wildflowers, that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear. These things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Verse 33, it says to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So women, and men, but women, what is the definition of this word called worry? I'll tell you. The definition of worry is distraction. Preoccupation with things. Listen, and worry, the word worry means it causes anxiety, stress, and pressure. So here, we deal with anxiety as a thing, but anxiety comes from worry. 
Anybody in here ever get anxious about anything or worried about anything? Good Lord. I lived on worry. I was like worried about everything all the time, especially finances. Women ever worry about finances? Because you know, for a woman, security is important. For a woman, it's like when we know that things are taken care of, then we're good. So that's why we worry sometime, sometime. Here, Jesus is speaking against worry. He's saying, don't worry. If you see the birds flying, I had a bird next to my window the other day, and I was sitting there, and it was just really loud and obnoxious. You guys ever hear the birds right now? I think they're happy because it's spring. Like, rah, 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 rah. I'm like, good night. What is your problem? You know? But I got to thinking about that. I thought, this bird is not worried about anything. It's like it's just singing praises to his, to his creator. And then we had a bird that laid eggs in the yard. And so Bob and I were working in the yard yesterday. And we're, was it yesterday or Friday? I can't remember. And we're coming up to it and it started going. I'm like, whoa, okay, mama. It's like, she's protecting her eggs. That's what us moms do when somebody comes near our kids. It's like, except for we don't balk like chickens. Sometimes we do. Anyways, I believe that if we knew who we really are, who we really were, we would not worry so much. I believe if we understood our identity, I speak on identity a lot, I believe if we really understood who we were, that God created us and he'll take care of us. I believe if we really knew that, we would worry less. Do you guys believe that? Yes. I 100% believe that. My identity comes from knowing who Jesus is. The world wants to try to tell you who you are, especially moms. We compare ourselves to other moms. I hear this a lot with women because I deal a lot with women. It's like, oh, she's a super mom. It's like, no, she's not. She's a mom just like we are, right? We should never compare ourselves. We parent differently, right? We love differently. Our kids are different. Worry is simply a distraction. Worry keeps us preoccupied with things that we cannot do anything about. 90% of the things that we worry about are things that we can't change. Do you agree? 100%. Worry is thinking about the things that we can't change and we think about it over and over and over until we get good and crabby about it and then we make everybody else's life miserable because we're crabby. That is the truth. The reason I can say this is because this was me. We maul things over in our brain over and over and over, can't change it, and then we come up with all of these things. I know women don't do this, it's just me. But we think it over in our mind, we have conversations in our mind with the people that we're crabby with in our mind, and we have this whole discussion going on like it really happened, and it never happened. Women never do this. Okay, I'll go to counseling. <laughs> here, here, here's, here's the simplicity of worry. Worry is wasting your time. Worry is the biggest waste of our time. Why did Jesus tell us not to worry? Because he knows that worry is not good for us. He knows this. He knows that the effects of worry, do you know that worry 
can have an effect on your body. Worry causes ulcers. Worries, worry can cause heart issues. What other kind of issues? Yeah, not sleeping. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus knew that worry would cause physical issues. Here we want prayer for our physical bodies, but we keep worrying. Maybe we should take care of the worry and then our bodies would be healed. Just a thought. Do you know that worry can cause you to treat somebody negatively? Worry can rob you of joy. Worry can reduce your ability to trust God. Jesus is telling us not to worry because he's saying your heavenly father cares about you more than you know. So don't worry. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, it says that God has good plans for you. So if we believe that God was really God and that we could really trust him, then we wouldn't worry about even what he has for us. We would trust that he's got something good for us, right? But if we don't know that God is a good father, then we won't believe that he cares and that he will take care of us. Some of our worry and not trusting God is because we don't know God to be good. A lot of us base our situations and measure God's goodness by situations. But God's goodness is not measured by things that happen. God's goodness is measured because of his nature. And the Bible says that he is, say is, good. It's a part of his nature. It's who he is. He is good. Not because the sun is shining. He's good. He's good because he's good. Say that's God's nature. Do you know that worry immobilizes you and concern makes you take action? We can be concerned about something that'll cause us to take action, but worry immobilizes us. And it causes us great pain. And it causes issues in relationships. When Bob and I, we first got married, I was not worried ever. I was never nervous about a thing. I was perfect and he was the problem. Oh, kidding. I was a nervous wreck. You get me in a car driving from point A to point B. We used to, I lived in Louisiana. So happy Mother's Day to my mom. I don't know if she's watching. She's probably not because I don't know if she can figure out the phone. But my mom's 80. She's going to be 80. No, she's 81. She's going to be 82 this year. And she's had open heart surgery. She's had two, knee, two knees replaced. She's had a shoulder replaced. She's like a brand new woman. She's ready to go another 80 years. But my mom's a, an amazing woman. And um, so happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thanks for having me. I'm number eight of nine. So I'm glad she didn't stop at seven because I wouldn't be here. So seven was not her lucky number. It was not my, anyways, okay. So talking about, oh yeah. So I grew up in Louisiana and Pastor Bob grew up here and we met in San Antonio, Texas. And so we used to drive from San Antonio to visit my family because it was only an eight hour drive. And so we would, we would drive, he would drive because I was too nervous to drive. And he literally would make me sit in the back seat and put a pillow over my head because traffic made me so nervous and I was so afraid of everything. And so that would cause us to fight. And so I was worried, you know, and what's, what's the deal? You know, you, what's the worst thing is you get in a car accident. So like, what's the big deal? You know, you think about it. It's like, so, okay. 
you probably smash your car, so what's the big deal? You know? Anyways, God has freed me. Thank you, Jesus. I can drive anywhere. Get me in Chicago, man. I am there, and I'm, I'm better, huh, honey? He, see? And, and he's learned after 33 years, he says, yes, dear. So he might talk to you guys about that later. No, I really am better. So in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says this. It says, to give all of your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. I love this word give. That word give, the definition of give means to freely transfer the possession of something to someone. Isn't that cool? It's like, so you guys can transfer your funds into my funds, and it's like, now I got your funds. You guys want my information? I take credit card, Venmo, just Venmo me, baby. Anyways, that word give is to freely transfer the possession of one thing to somebody else. So what Peter's saying here, he says, transfer your worry to God and let him take care of it for you because he cares for you. The problem isn't that we, about giving freely. The problem is, is we always take it back. You're like, God, I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I give you my kids. How many are worried about their kids? Concerned about their kids. How many have kids that are not serving the Lord or kids that are not talking to you or kids? Yeah? We got to give those things to God. God is, women, it's not becoming of us when we nag. You know the Bible, there's even a scripture about a nagging woman. It says it's like a dripping faucet. It's annoying. Men are, they're going, I'm not moving. I'm not saying anything. I'm not, I'm not twitching. I'm not going to, I'm not moving. Because <laughs> if I, because if I move, if I move, I'm going to get smacked. <clears throat> no, but seriously, seriously, I used to be a nagging nag. Nag, 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 nag. But I'm much better, right, honey? Yes, dear. See? <laughs> He's like. That one's free. That's not, the, <clears throat> the nagging's not even in my notes. Isn't that good? Somebody needed to hear that. Nagging is not becoming of women. Our job as women is to, to love and to honor and to trust our husbands that they will do the right thing. And if they don't do the right thing, then they'll fix it. You're welcome. <clears throat> Philippians 4.19 says this, and it says, at, at this same, and, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his riches, <clears throat> which have been given to us in Christ. See, he doesn't meet our needs according to our standards. He meets our needs according to his standards. Sometimes we worry because we don't see things happen the way that we want them to happen. Even if, we're, even if it is a kid that is lost or even if it is things that we can't, can't change, we want God to do things certain ways and he's like, hey, I'm going to do things according to my riches, according to the way that I'm going to do things. So we can really trust God that he's going to do that. Amen? All right, Luke 10, 38. This is my favorite story. You guys turn to Luke 38. I love this story about Mary and Martha. I learn something new every time I read it. It says, And Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, and they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 
And his sister Mary sat at the, the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. It's so interesting because Jesus never asked for a big dinner. He came to visit, but he didn't ask for dinner. So sometimes we're busy doing things we were never asked to do. And we're complaining about it. And God's like, you can complain all you want to. I didn't ask you to do it. Just, that's just, that's free too. So, so then she came to, so then Martha comes to Jesus and says, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work. Does this sound familiar in any household? Why, why am I doing all the work and she just sits here? Tell her to come and help me. Where was Mary at this time? Yeah, sitting on his feet and she's like, Martha's like, Jesus, tell Mary, because Mary can hear me. Why don't just tell, anyways. <laughs> Must be sister thing, I'm not sure. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details. And there is only one thing. Say one thing. thing. That's kind of been this thing that is ringing even today. The one thing. Jesus looks at Martha and he says, Martha, Mary has chosen the one thing. Actually, it says that she has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. See that, say, that word worried? In there is the same, excuse me, the word distracted is the same word that is in Matthew 6. See, worry distracts us from something else. So worry distracts us from the thing that Jesus says is the one thing. Am I making sense? Jesus says to Martha, there is one thing being concerned about. And that thing Mary has discovered, and it's not going to be taken away from her. That statement right there cures all of worry. Because Jesus is saying, how do you not worry? How do you not be worried? Is you focus on me. You focus on the one thing, and that's Jesus. There's nothing in life. Let, let, me, let me say this. There's no money that you can make. There's no house that you can live in. There's no job that you can work at. There's no car that you can drive. There's no status that you can have that is going to help you more than what Jesus is. All those things, are you're just always going to have to have more. You're always going to have to have better. You're always going to have to have something because you're trying to fill the, own, the hole that only God himself can fill. So all of those other things are going to cause you more problems. But when we have those things, Jesus first, seek first the kingdom of God, and then we have those things. Then those things are not harm to us. Does that make sense? Okay. So what was the one thing being concerned about? What was Mary doing? It says that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And listen, she was listening to Jesus. She was sitting at his feet. She was actually listening to the things that, she, that he was teaching her. How many women in here love to listen? It's important that we listen. And to listen, what do you got to do? Not talk. <laughs> to listen, here, listen. To listen, you have to be focused. 
You know, the one thing that's annoying to me is when I'm talking to somebody and they're not, they're not paying attention. Or they're thinking about the next thing they want to say. It's like, ugh. You know what I mean? You ever, anybody? See, women make amazing listeners. But you can't listen if this is going 1,000 miles an hour. We should have like... We should... It's important that we listen, right? Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's listening, which means that she was devoted, singly devoted to him, listening only to him. You know that it is impossible to multitask. They say women are great multitaskers. That there really isn't any such thing as multitasking. It just means we have a whole bunch of things we're doing and we haven't done anything. It's like, oh yeah, that's right, I was doing laundry. And then, oh, that's right, I was doing dishes. Oh yeah, that's right, I gotta go. You got anybody else ever do that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not menopause. It's just, you just forget what you're doing. <laughs> So what was, this is what it, what does sitting at his feet look like? It's undivided single devotion. It's partly humility. Say humility. Humble. There's a place in our home, a place in our lives is being humble. We don't know it all, women. Even though we do, don't tell them. I'm kidding. We don't know it all. You know what? He doesn't know it all. None of us know it all. And when we think we know it all, we don't. Right? That's the beautiful thing of communication. Third thing is, is surrender of anything. This is what sitting at his feet looks like. Surrender of anything that I know or anything that I think I know to hear what he has to say about it. See, Jesus has a lot of things to say to us. He speaks to us through the word. And he can speak to us in our heart. Can he speak through nature? Can he speak through your kids? All you got to do is steal a kid. I mean, I'm not telling people to steal kids. We're online. I'm not saying go steal kids, but I'm saying all you got to do is spend a little time with kids and God will speak through kids. They're like the most, wasn't God speaking through RJ? Like, man, this, he was just like, He's just like, yeah, man, he might be a preacher someday. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, come on. But God can speak through anything, but we have to take the time to listen, right? And when we're distracted and worry about all of these things, we miss the most important things that are right in front of us. In Matthew 6, 24, actually, I'm going to turn there and read that really quick. Right before is 25, you know, 24 comes before 25 unless you were in private school. I'm kidding. And only two people understood that, probably because they were from a private school too. <laughs> Matthew 6, 24, it says this, that no one can have two masters. Either you hate one or, or the other. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that you cannot, it is impossible to worry and trust at the same time. You can't worry and trust at the same time. It says, when we worry, we are serving worry. When, when we, we're giving power to the worry in my life, we can't fix the things that we can't change. And you can't fix people. Women, you cannot fix your husbands. <laughs> I 
free marriage counseling, Dita. Women cannot, listen, listen. God designed men to be men. They're going to do things that we do not understand. Like, why do they get up at four in the morning to go sit in the woods when it's cold to kill a deer? Why do they go sit in a boat? That I can understand a little bit when it's nice out. You know what I mean? Men are wired different than women. We, as women, need to let them be men. You're welcome. <laughs> when we worry, we give power to worry in our lives. There's four things, and then I'll be done, four things that I believe that will keep your heart from worry. Number one is seek first the kingdom of God. Number two, trust. Number three, surrender. And number four, worship. God did not design us to worry. Was RJ worried about anything? Have you ever seen a little kid worried about anything? RJ's not going, oh my gosh, I wonder if my mom is going to feed me today. I wonder if I'm going to get my diaper changed. My little Simba, I've got a really cute chihuahua. And to anybody that doesn't like chihuahuas, I don't like you either. I'm kidding. But anyway, Simba, his name is Simba. He doesn't worry if I'm going to feed him lunch. Once, if I do forget, he walks over to his bowl and he scratches it and I go feed him. We were not designed to worry, but the world comes at us and throws worry, what if? What if? What if? But if the Bible says that he's going to take care of us, then that should be good enough. Right? Just say yes. So the first thing is seek first the kingdom of God. We just read that in Matthew 6, What does that look like? It's like putting God first. It's actually including God in your life. Do you know that he wants to be included in your life? He's been challenging me in this area. It's like, just include me in your life, like your decisions, and just talk to me. Just talk to him about things. God can speak to you if we listen. It's simply just making him priority, and it's actually following him and not asking him to follow you. Number two is trust. One of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 3, 5. And I love it in the Passion Translation. It says this, to trust in the Lord completely. Say completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. I love that. In other words, if I am trying to figure it out, if I am trying to understand it, if I am trying to fix it, then I'm not trusting. So it's saying give up your right to your own opinion is what trust looks like. Isn't that good? And then with all of your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you. It's really hard for somebody to lead when I'm not paying attention because I'm worried. Trust looks like giving up trying to understand or doing it my way. Anybody in here ever try to do it your own way? Nah. I love it. Just like Mary, she was listening to all that Jesus was teaching. Listen it tr trust looks like less talking, less complaining, and more listening. I think for women, 
I'm picking on women because it's, it's Mother's Day. I don't know. But I think for us as women, it's learning to take a step back, to be quiet, and really listen. Listen to your kids. Listen to your kids. My kids are adults now. And I, on, I'm, on purpose, I really work hard at it. When they talk to me, I try to give them attention and I listen to them. And I focus on what they're saying. And I don't try to give them my opinion. Because sometimes our adult children don't want our opinions. They just want you to listen, just to listen. Am I right, adult children? How many adult children do we have in here? I'm an adult children. <laughs> right? But for, for women, I want to I empower you. I don't want to encourage you. I want to empower you to listen. When your husband is speaking, listen. Don't listen while you're doing dishes. And don't listen with your mouth because it's not listening. <laughs> listen with your ears. And then listen to understand. Okay? Listen to understand. Because men are hard to understand. And guys are going, yeah, women are hard to understand too. Isn't that funny how God does that? You know, he's just like, hey, I'm going to create, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to create marriage. I'm going to put a man and a woman together. There. Completely opposites. There. Go get along. But you know, the coolest thing is this, is the most beautiful thing about marriage is that you got two completely different people with unique personalities put together, ordained by God, does amazing things together, right? I remember when Pastor Bob and I first started dating in college and people were like, they found out we were dating, they're like, you're dating? You're dating? You're dating Char? Well, I was Charlene back then. I'm Char today. I'm the same person, just different names. Right? They couldn't believe it because we were two totally different people. But God brought us together and we feed off of our differences. I've made him better and he's made me better. Right, honey? Yeah, we should do marriage, we should do marriage classes together. Number three is surrender. I love Romans 12, 1 where it says, to surrender ourselves to God. Surrender, when we surrender our hearts to God, it will cause us to live life like Jesus did. See, sometimes we focus on trying to live right if we would just focus on surrendering all to him. Because living a holy life is a result, it's a byproduct of surrendering ourselves. Sometimes we work so hard doing the wrong things when we should just surrender and then everything else will kind of fall into place. Does that make sense? We do a lot of that. It's like we should change our actions, but if we changed our heart, our actions would follow. Does that make sense? Psalm 46, 10, it says this, surrender your anxiety. See, it's hard to surrender something when I'm still hanging on to it. Let it go, let it go. Remember, worry and anxiety causes distraction, right? We don't want to be distracted from the one thing. Number four is worship. I love Psalms, let's see, Psalm 16, no, Psalm 59, 16 through 17. It says, but as for me, 
I will sing about your power. Each morning, I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. See, it's a choice. We choose to worship. You know that worship, people wonder why we sing so long. We get that question a lot. The reason we sing so long is because it takes that long for us to get our minds off of ourselves. Because worship is not about us. Worship is not about what we're doing. Worship is about the one who created and designed us. It's to focus completely, single devoted, singly devoted. That's why when Mary was at the feet of Jesus, she was single. It was, her devotion was single devotion. Focused on him. And worship is something that we're going to be doing in heaven 24-7. There is no time or anything in heaven, but it's what we do. And when we were worshiping this morning and we were singing that song, Holy, You Are Holy, I felt like the Lord said, I love hearing that. It was like that is what he loves to hear, is when we are focused on him and worshiping and praising him. Amen? That is part, when we do that, it's really hard for us to worry. When I shift my worry onto worship, I'm shifting my focus on myself because worry really is a self-absorbed thing because I'm focused on myself. I'm worried, I'm focusing on me, I'm focusing on my situation, but when I stop and I turn that and I worship and I focus on him, I can't worry. Because you were designed to worship, not to worry. Yes, you were. You guys write this down, you can read it later, Psalm 34, 1 through 10. Read that in the Passion Translation, it'll really mess you up. See, surrender and worship are a byproduct of trusting. Because God, he can be trusted. I think we have a, we, when we don't trust God is because we have a problem. Sometimes we have, maybe it's because we had issues with authority. Maybe we didn't have a very good father figure in our life or a mother figure in our life. So it's hard to trust God. But how many know that God can be trusted? Has God ever let you down? When I hear people say that God let me down, it's because we were expecting God to do something a certain way and he's doing something a different way. A lot of times we're, dis we're maybe disgruntled with God because maybe we're reaping something of our own decisions and we want God to fix it. It's like, God, fix this. It's like, but you did it. We want God to clean up our messes is basically what I'm saying. And God's not a, he's not Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. You guys are slow on the draw today. Did you guys have too many donuts? You know, sugar is not good for you. We have donuts out in the lobby. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. But God is a God that can be trusted. And he wants, he wants women to come into alignment with what he, what he wants for women to do. He's called, he's called women to be helpmates to our husbands. He's called women to empower our kids. I wished I would have had more kids. I had two. We had Brandon. We had Bobby first. Bobby's our oldest. And then we had Brandon. And I remember coming home one day after Bob was taking care of Brandon. And you wouldn't know it because the kids are so different now. And, he, and, and Bob looks at me and he goes, I, I think we might be done having kids. Brandon was like really, really active. And like we lost him all the time. We never knew where he was. <laughs> One time we found him in the garage and he was sitting on, our, on Bob's workbench 
And when we'd go home to Louisiana to visit, my mom had a pecan tree. So we would bring home buckets of pecans. And that's how you say pecan. It's not pecan. And it's not, yeah, it's pecan. And if you say pecan, then don't talk to me. And it's a crawfish. <laughs> it's a crawfish and it's not crayfish. It's not crayfish, it's crawfish. Okay, anyways, so Brandon is, we couldn't find Brandon. He's in the garage and he climbed up on Bob's motorcycle and he got on the workbench and Bob had a vice and he had all these pecans sitting there. I have no idea how he got them there. And he's putting them in the vice and he's cracking them <laughs> and he's eating them. That's what he was doing. Never could find him. And so then another time we lost him. I think he was in his bedroom somewhere. Anyways, we were always losing Brandon. And Bobby was like, you know, he was perfect. He was just like, not that Brandon wasn't perfect, but anyways, it's completely opposite now. Bobby's perfect and, I mean, Brandon's perfect and Bobby, you know, I don't know. I'm kidding. Both my boys are perfect. They're both amazing boys. We're very, very blessed to have our kids with us. But anyway, it's just really funny. So God calls us moms. We have an amazing job that we get to empower our kids to be the best that they can be. We get to empower them to do the things that they want to do. But if we're worried and concerned about so many things, we actually put that on our kids. I remember one time we went to Silver Dollar City and I'm scared to death of roller coasters. Hate heights, all of that stuff. I do. Anybody in here like roller coasters? You guys are, you guys are crazy. Anyways, so we go to Silver Dollar City. Brandon's just a little, I don't know how old Brandon was, maybe five, four or five, something like that, maybe six. And Bobby loved roller coasters and Bob, they loved them. And so we get there and I, we're going to ride this one roller coaster. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. I can do this one roller coaster. I was so afraid. Well, anyways, I didn't realize it, but I put this fear on Brandon just as a little kid. So then the next time we're going to go to ride a roller coaster, I think we're in Valley Fair. He was scared to death to ride a roller coaster. I'm like, no, you go, go ride with your dad. I'm going to sit here and have a corn dog. You know, you go ride. He's just scared. But see, I put that fear on him. See, so as we have, there's power. We have power. So that's why as moms and dads too, we need to be careful not to put our fears, our worries, our concerns on our kids. Right? So that's why it's important that women and men, when we choose trust, when we choose to seek first the kingdom of God, when we choose to worship, and what was the other one? Surrender. When we choose to do those things, we step out of worry and we step into this other place called trust, like Mary was, at his feet, singly devoted, and that's what we give to our kids and to people around us. Just do this, pretend I know what I'm talking about. Thank you. Because that is what women are designed to do. Amen? Amy, I'll have you come to the piano. You are not designed for worry. There's nothing that you can do to change the situation that you're in. You can't control people. You can't control your spouse. You can't control your kids. You can't control situations and circumstances. What you can control is yourself. I have learned, I, and it's taken me a long time, but I have learned how to control my mouth. There's, oh boy, let me tell you. There's, it's taken a lot of work. But when my husband makes me upset, 
It's not very often, though, because he's perfect. No, seriously, when he makes me upset or my kids make me upset, I, with my words, I can curse or I can build. To tell him or my kids that that's stupid, you don't know what you're doing, you and put down constantly is a sin. And it actually grieves the heart of God when we do that. I have learned, I have, I've shared my testimony so many times. When Bob and I were first married, I was not very nice at all. Not even a little bit. Constantly putting him down, constantly belittling him, constantly making him feel like he was nothing and, no, and nothing because of my own insecurities and because of my own stuff. But God has taught me who I am and he's taught me how to love. I'm still working on it. I still got some stuff. But hear me, that as women and men, men, wives need to hear that they're special and that there's nobody like them. Even better than your job. Okay? So the things that we say matter. We can build with our words. Words can kill or words can build. And I know that when, for me, when I worried, and I worried a lot, my worry caused me to say really nasty things out of worry. Instead of loving, that's why it's important that we under, when we're worried, just say, I'm worried about this. Let's talk about it. Does that make sense? But God did not design us to worry. He designed us as worshipers. He designed us to handle things differently, and we can. We, can, we have control over what we say. And as wives, I am going to be responsible to God on how I treated my husband. I am. And, I, and he's going to be responsible to God how he treated me. Does that make sense? Why don't you guys stand up? There is no room, there's no room for worry in your life. Worry will destroy you. Worry will destroy your families. Worry will destroy relationships. Worry will destroy your physical health. Worry will cause you to be anxious. Remember the definition? Worry will distract you from the one thing. Who's the one thing? If you're worried, it means you're, you're giving power to worry. And we want to take that power back, right? So Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you for tools to be able to help us to not worry. God, that you have designed us, you have designed us to not worry. You've designed us to be worshipers. You designed us higher than the birds. You said that you would take care of us, God, and we choose today to believe that. We choose today to put our trust in you. God, you are bigger than we could ever think or imagine. So, Father, today we surrender all that we are, all, all of our concerns, all of our worries, all of our fears and doubts, and we give them to you. And we ask you, God, to help us, to help us trust. Help us focus on you. 
So God, I thank you. I thank you for your word, that your word is truth, that your word is alive, that it's active, and that it's moving within us. God, I thank you for all the moms out there. God, I ask that you would just, that you would just pour over them, God, a, a special dose of your love. God, that every single mom is important. Every single mom is special and unique and designed, handcrafted by you. So God, I ask that you would bless them, that you bless their day, bless their year. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we love you and we honor you this morning. We thank you for your word. God, let it empower these people and those watching online. Let it provoke in them to want to change. Let this word provoke them to want to do things differently. God, let this word provoke men and women to take a hold of it and to do something different. God, that women would arise and become women like you, that look like you, loving their families, loving their kids, loving their husbands, to bring them up higher. Lord, forgive, forgive us for belittling and using our words to bring down and to tear down and not bring up. God, today we choose to do it differently. We choose to not allow our words to tear apart, but we we're, today we're choosing to choose words that are gonna build and encourage and love and strengthen. So Jesus, we thank you. We love you. Bless the people tonight or today and be with them as they go in Jesus' name. And the body says, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.